welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody at home, and welcome. This is Punch It! Writing in Star Trek. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene Schmidt, before we get into our topic, which is a doozy of a topic, and I think it's going to be uh, one of our better ones when it comes to topics, and it was suggested by a listener, but before we get into that and give credit to said listener, we need to talk about something monumental that happened over the weekend at San Diego Comic-Con within the realm of Star Trek. And what is that, uh, my dear co-host? Oh, are you saying something really important happened over the weekend? Really? Because I totally missed it. You didn't get like 15,000 texts from people and tweets saying, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Oh my God. My phone blew the freak up it was amazing and i saturday was my birthday and so i was busy doing birthday things we were getting ready to have a dinner party so my my messages my mentions what have you start blowing up and i'm like oh no who died (laughs) and then i open it up and i watch the trailer and i just kind of gasped a few times just oh oh And for those of you who don't know, which, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about Star Trek Picard. We get the first full trailer. Like the the first one was a teaser, kind of more of an announcement type deal. We didn't really get too much information, just a few visuals and a voiceover. But with this one, we got straight up like action, drama, Patrick Stewart. You know, like we just got so many great things in this. And it was funny because... I was, uh, uh, I took off Friday and I was uh, with the family on Saturday and we were getting ready to go and like trying to get a toddler to go anywhere, like get your shoes on, get your shirt on, like that kind of thing <laughs> takes forever. And Mm-mm. so I was running around the house trying to wrangle her and that's when I got a couple of notifications and, I was, and because b- beforehand it was just like, oh, they just showed it at Comic-Con. I wonder if it's exclusive. I wonder if we'll get it. And then like... Two minutes later, it gets dropped online, and I stop everything. Like, the kid <laughs> has the shirt wrapped around her head, one sock on, and I'm just like, baby, you can Don't wait. Don't matter. Dress yourself. <laughs> You're a toddler now. You can do it. Now, this this trailer, I, didn't, uh, I did not expect to be hit so hard as I was. Right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it wasn't just the big reveals of the return of some of our favorite characters. It was just, I don't know, there was some sort of emotional connection of, maybe it's because this was the Star Trek that you and I grew up on, mm-hmm. and it's connecting to all those nostalgic feels of, oh my gosh, Picard is back, but they're weaving a tale to a time that we really resonate with. And it just feels like, oh my gosh, they're getting the band back together. This is our era. This uh-huh. is 24th century going to be turning into the 25th century. This is our time. This is, like you said, we were raised on 24th century. And it's so amazing because the the little, like seeing the, the Borg cube, seeing the Captain Picard, like Captain Picard Day 
sign. Yes. Oh my gosh, the old com badge even. The old com badge. Like it hit all those notes, but at the same time, it didn't feel like fan service. Even though one, it was all one big fan service trailer, it didn't feel <laughs> like, oh my God, like when you roll your eyes. It, it, there was no roll uh, eye rolling moments. No, absolutely not. It wasn't like they're bringing uh, Data or Seven of Nine back as a gimmick. Like, oh, hey, let's just throw this in because the fanboys will just cheer and whoop over it. No, it. I get the feeling they're weaving one heck of a story that includes these characters and then some because we have a few more details that have been revealed even since. And it just, it feels like a really heartwarming reunion. It really does. And it feels, honestly, from a visual standpoint, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, and I'm not just trying to sound like a fanboy, it is the most cinematic looking TV show that I've ever seen. Ever? Oh, wow. And I mean, you've watched some very good TV in your day. I mean, we've, you know, Breaking Bad, I feel has very cinematic. House of Cards has a very cinematic feel. And you're saying it's better than that? Absolutely. Well, I mean, like... Comparing it to House of Cards is is a little like apples and oranges because when you say cinematic, you're like, well, what does that mean? You know, like, yeah. do you, because House of Cards is a drama, a pure human driven drama, and then you have Picard, which is sci fi and lasers and aliens and spaceships and everything like that. So let me just put it this way if you told me that that trailer was for a movie, I would 100% believe you and say, oh, wow, that's a, they're really putting some money in this movie for this Picard thing. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. And I feel like they are putting some serious money into this because if you're going to bring back Patrick Stewart and Jean-Luc Picard, something, and especially with the time period where that so many people said, like when they were announcing Discovery, oh, you're not going to continue into the future. You're not mm-hmm. going to go into the 25th century, which is something that a lot of people wanted rather than another kind of not prequel, but, you know, in the past <laughs> of our Trek future timeline. Um You'd better take it seriously. You better do it right or you're going to have a lot of disappointed people. And I feel like they are just freaking nailing it. Now, that's a lot of weight to put into one trailer. I get it. Yes. Yes. We're still very light on details of the story and the plot and the mission. I mean, we could. We're all, you know, we're all theorizing and putting things together. And yeah. Oh, there's just there's so much that we still don't know. But with how good this trailer is, I think just the whole fan base is kind of drunk with excitement right now at what the series might be now for people who were longing for this type of show before discovery came out when you found out that star trek was coming back when you wanted something in the 24th century going to 21st century or something that was moving forward post nemesis and everything like that yeah i hear you i'm with you that's what i wanted too uh, but for those people who were, you know, bashing Discovery, saying it's a failure, and then saying like, oh, finally we're getting something that resembles Star Trek, you guys need to realize that if it was not for the success, and I mean that, whether you like it or not, if it wasn't for the success of Discovery, Star Trek Picard would not have happened. Booyah! Absolutely. If Discovery had been a failure, none of the amazing things that are coming through the pipeline right now would have happened. I mean, Star Trek Discovery would have been a failure. CBS All Access would have been a failure. It all would have collapsed. That has not happened. And so, for the people who are saying like, "Oh, you, like Discovery needs to be a failure. It needs to be canceled so that we can no. get the, so we can get the good stuff," that is not 
how the market works. That's no, not how television yours. works. Yeah, like it really doesn't work that way. Like if some if their venture into Star Trek fails, they're not going to go, "Oh man, uh, we should we should uh we should get going exactly on what the internet wants right away." No, no, no. They'll take another <laughs> 5 to 10 years off. No, I mean the petitions aside, that is so rarely how it works, you guys. Just just know. And yeah, and sorry if Discovery is not your flavor of Trek, that's okay. Guess what? We're getting the freaking Baskin Robbins of Star Trek right now. There's going to be a flavor for you in the future if you haven't found one yet, okay? And that's the beauty of it, too, is that we're, we also got some Lower Decks news. We got some Short Treks news. With yes. Lower Decks, I have no idea if I'm going to like Lower Decks or not. Maybe I will. I'm a big fan of animation. You're a big fan of animation. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we're going to like it. And if we don't like it, I'm not going to say they're ruining Trek. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> like it should be canceled. It's, it's gonna, just not for me. It's going to be one incarnation of Trek. And if it's not your deal, that's okay. You've got other stuff to watch. You really do. You I mean, really, and even really in the do. Star Trek realm, we're going to have so much new content. And I'm also very excited that we're going to have some uh, number one and Spock and Pike and the short treks. They're not done yet. We have so much good stuff to look forward to. We're just in, I mean, as good as the 90s were in the so-called golden age of Star Trek, man, lightning does strike twice. I feel like we're doing it all over again. I know at no point did we ever have three shows going on at one time or three incarnations. And mm -hmm. we're going to have three incarnations going on at one time, plus some short treks and then some future things in development. I mean, like this is... Yeah, this is explosive. Th this is explosive. Now, a lot of people thought that in the 90s and then, of course, early 2000s that it be uh, we had franchise fatigue. I feel like... I hate to use this as an example, I really do, but if you look at Marvel as an example, franchise fatigue is not a real thing anymore if you do it well. Well, that's, I think, where the diversity of having an animated series and having a little bit of Pike and uh, company and Picard and, 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 that's going to keep things fresh because you're doing Star Trek in different ways. That's a right. beautiful thing. Not every single, like, when you go back and look at TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager and everything like that, like those were all targeted towards the same audience. And yeah. I feel like if you're a fan of TNG, you could easily be a fan of Deep Space Nine and Voyager and vice versa and everywhere, which way but loose. But sure. with this new kind of model, if you don't like one, you have others to pick from. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and if you find yeah. that none of the new Trek is your thing, guess what? You've still got all the stuff that's already been made and you're still a Star Trek fan. You have 50 years of history to go through. You have over <laughs> I mean, 700 episodes to what's watch. What's not to love about this? This we're It's an embarrassment of riches and we should be treating it as such. Did For I love real? everything about Discovery? No, I did not. Do I wish they did certain things uh, other than what they did? 100%. But I appreciate sure. it for what it is. I appreciate it for what it did and what it gave us by opening up a world of new Trek. Absolutely. And yeah, no, none of the series is perfect. None of them will be perfect, including Picard. Yes, I said it. But so that's it. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But um, so what are your what, what were some of your favorite takeaways from the trailer? What do you what are you hoping to see from those so, from those favorite takeaways? Oh, boy. Well, of course, I'm very curious about Seven of Nine because that was a complete surprise to me. Oh, absolutely. The reprisal of Data, I'm wondering, is this before? Is it Data? Because 
data says captain. Does that mean this is, you know, a deactivated data from the Nemesis days? Um, I'm really interested, though, I think more than anything to see when we start the show, what is Picard's mindset? Because they're saying he, you know, he's not in Starfleet anymore. He's been through some things that maybe are not just the happiest memories. Where has life taken him? What is he doing? Why is he on the vineyard? Why is he not happy with that? I want to explore kind of the psychology of that. Surprise, because psych major here wants to know what's in your head. Uh, Yeah, I just kind of want to know about his life. And then going forward, where is it going to take him? I'm I'm so incredibly curious as to whether or not maybe is Jean Luc Picard a broken man? Does he have regrets? What what is he What does he want? I think we're definitely leaning towards that, and that's one thing that's very exciting to me about this Picard show is that they're calling it Picard. Like I think the reason why they're calling it Star Trek Picard is not just because he's the main character, but because it's about his history, it's about his life, and it's about his decisions. They're not calling yeah. it Star Trek Odyssey. They're not calling it Star Trek whatever the ship's name is, or they're not calling it Star Trek whatever the mission is called, like Star Trek Angel One or something like that. Whatever. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, that, that I think that was an episode, but regardless, it was. <laughs> totally didn't mean to make that connection, but they're calling it Picard. Because I think we're getting the sense of, you know, like with him looking up at the stars, putting on his old comm badge, he's thinking about those mistakes he's made. And we also learned from the teaser trailer about there was a traumatic event that happened. Right. Where he yeah, left what was Star it? Trek. He left Star Trek. He left Starfleet immediately. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah. This is about his legacy. Right. And what yeah. does that mean for a great man? What does that mean when you're still alive and you're aware of this monumental legacy? I'm really glad that they're not shying away from that. Now, with the, that, they had that pop-up museum in San uh-huh. Diego. Is that going to be a thing in the show? Like, is that I don't is, know. Is there going to be a Jean-Luc Picard museum or like Ooh. exhibit in the show, like within the universe of Star Trek? Because if that's know. the case, that's something that's really fascinating because as Star Trek fans, we're used to following the best of the best. And in an alternate reality, we saw that when Janeway got home, they made Voyager Museum. Yes. And so Janeway was still alive and everything like that. Now, with Picard, like because we follow the best of the best, Picard had a monumental legacy and monumental career he saved the earth how many times he went back in time <laughs> he he helped uh, save them from the borg he actually he went back in time multiple times he yes. you know like discovered like he made first contact with dozens of species he helped discover yeah. you know tons of it, like this is insane like no one person normally has this kind of pedigree but uh, pedigree is not the right word but you know what i'm trying to say there would be a museum. There at least would be a wing or an exhibit or something devoted to this man's accomplishments. And what does that feel like when you're still alive and you can go to your own museum? That's just, he's a living legend. So I had never thought about that, that maybe this is all an extension of something we see on the show as an exhibit. Oh my goodness. That could be something else. That would be crazy because, uh, not to reference Marvel again, but in Captain America Winter Soldier, he goes to his own museum. And and how does Picard feel about that? That could be really that? interesting. Oh my gosh. Well, I think we could do a whole show on Picard. <laughs> We've already gone for 15 minutes. We should probably do the topic we have at hand. 
I, I wanted to keep, I was hoping you didn't bring that up because I was going to keep going. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I mean, we could make that the show if you really want to. I can, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how much more juice we got going. Like, let's. let's you just want to keep going. All right. I let's keep, keep going. going. Let's riff. All right. So with with Picard and with the uh, let's say like with Seven of Vine popping up, she's obviously much more human. She's much more relaxed. She felt like Jerry Ryan instead of you know Seven of Nine. A little bit, yeah. And maybe it was just the hair because that's usually. I mean, that's a very Jerry Ryan hairstyle, mm-hmm. but. The twenty last twenty years or so, I think, have been good to her. Well, that's a thing. Think about that. Twenty years, twenty yeah. years since we've seen these characters, both of them. That's insane. Yeah. That's an insane amount of time. So I like. I'm only thirty three years old. You know. You so that's a majority about, of your life. Right. Like that's 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 over two thirds. That's almost two thirds of my life. Twenty years ago. For real. And, though. Think about how much one person changes in 20 years. Now, for 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 some people who are saying like, oh, well, you know, Patrick Stewart's in his 80s and everything like that. And, and you know, like how much do you Not really yet. change? Oh, He's in he? his 70s. Oh, I thought he was 80. I thought he just turned 80. Mm, no, I don't think so. Not yet. Okay. Well, I okay. One, one thing, one quote that really, actually, it's not a quote. Like I heard somebody say it where I was watching an interview and one guy who was... I think um, 90 years old. He's saying, he's like, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I'm a different man today than I was 10 years ago. And the interviewer was kind of taken aback. He's like, yeah, of course you are. Why wouldn't you be? And he, they started, they, he started thinking out loud. He's like, he's like, I feel like we get into this area where once you hit 70, you're just going to be the next, you're going to be the same person for the next 30 years. But if you <laughs> and I, people who are in our, our mid thirties, you know, like if we change, I feel like I change drastically every five years. Why wouldn't someone who is a senior citizen or or older have that ability to change drastically every five or 10 years? And so just think these characters, including, you know, including Jean-Luc Picard, you know, he is a completely different man than he was 20 years ago. And that's is a fantastic thing to explore. That also gives you a lot of freedom to do what you want to do with the character. It does. It does. Yeah. So, I mean, I, as I was saying a little bit earlier, I'm really interested in that aspect of things. Where are things now? We, This is going to be our first glimpse into that. And so that's going to be super exciting through the lens of Jean-Luc Picard. And, oh my gosh, his puppy. Can we, can we just please talk about the dog for a little bit? I know that's not a detail that came out of San Diego Comic-Con, but I love, love, love the fact that they gave him a dog, named it number one, and they're kind of tying in Patrick Stewart's advocacy for adoption right, and especially right. for pit bulls because they are so often kind of just stereotyped as mean dogs. They're not. I think it's hysterical. You know, when people want to complain, they will try to find anything to complain about. Including and a dog. Including a dog. It's just so funny. Like when the po- when the poster was released... People immediately were saying, oh, Jean-Luc Picard's not a dog person. Who, how do you like, know? How the hell do you know that? And even if he said it on the show, this is 20 years later. Yeah. This is- <laughs> Yo, people can and do change. Like you were saying earlier, we should expect people who are in their 70s to be different than they are if they make it to 80. Absolutely. I mean, life should be this constantly evolving thing. And if you're an active person, you are going to change. You are going to develop new interests. You're going to try new things. You're going to evolve with your life. 
Now, one thing that I do want to talk about is the Borg. Let's do that. Let's talk about the Borg because as Star Trek Voyager fans and as people who have hosted uh, a Star Trek Voyager podcast, we talked about the Borg a lot. We know a lot about the Borg. (laughs) Yeah. How did you feel about all of this? Because I was a little surprised that they brought out the Borg again and yet not. Just because they've done the Borg so much, I thought, oh, you're going to go to that well again. But think about it. Picard was Locutus. Exactly. Picard was, you have so many callbacks that you can make. Picard was Locutus. You can bring Seven of Nine back. You bring back Hugh, which is just a a gigantic, like when I found that out, I was just like, what? what? Yes. Didn't see that coming at all. Amazing. And then you have like this deconstructed or like, or blown apart Borg cube that's clearly left over from what Voyager did. So you have all this canon that you get to bring back and all this continuity. Yeah. What's going on with the Borg 20 years from now? And then did you catch that still? Somebody screenshotted it where in the board cube it says this uh, this cube has gone so many days without an assimilation. What's that about? I think it's the people who are inhabiting that cube making a joke. They're Aha. just like, this is like... Who's we t- inhabiting the cube? Yeah, we took over this cube that many days ago. And I think that I think they're trying to be funny. And and so it makes you wonder, like, why are the people there? They're clearly prisoners. We see some cadets there. They look like cadets. Um, yeah, what the heck is going on with all of this? And maybe that's why Picard gets reined in. And that's why Seven of Nine gets reined in. That's why we see Hugh. I feel like that's going to be a major plot point is the Borg. And that's why some people are thinking like the young woman who they're calling the Destroyer or something like that is connected to the Borg in some way. One thing that I want to bring up, though, is like when we were talking about Voyager, so many to- so often we would hear the complaint of they overused the Borg. They, the yes. Borg was less scary because we saw them so often, where I think that's a completely valid criticism. 100% valid criticism. I think oh, there's absolutely. merit there. It's true. Someone, I can't remember who, posted a picture of the top 10 most watched Star Trek episodes on Netflix. Eight out of the 10 were Borg episodes. <laughs> I can't completely say I'm surprised because, I mean... The Borg, they always brought them out for the real big, you know, heavy hitting two-parters especially. But they did tell some really good Borg stories. They did. They really did. And you know that these people did their research and they're like, okay, well, we want to focus it on Picard. You know, what has happened in Picard's life? You know, like we have the death of his family. We have his assimilation. We have the 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 d being destroyed we uh we have his best friend dying we have all those things and they're like probably went through the list and they're like okay well of those of those events who could we bring back well jerry ryan is still active in acting and yeah, she's connected to the borg and then also the guy who played hugh is active so he, you know it's just like and also like eight out of the ten most watched episodes on netflix of star trek or borg related they're just like boom 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 boom, boom. you know like that marketing people <laughs> love to do that to kind of, you know, like organize your success where you kind of shoot for what's popular, but also still impactful. And I think that's what they're doing. Well, yeah, it seems to me that they're not doing this because of the reasons you stated, though. Like, oh, this is popular. Let's go with this because the fans will just automatically love it. No, I think they are going to tell a really good story here. I don't think those two are mutually exclusive. Oh, no, not necessarily. But what I'm saying is they're not using it as a gimmick. You know what I mean? Well, it doesn't feel gimmicky, no. No, no, not at all. Like, I really do feel like they are going to tap into 
the fact that Jean-Luc Picard is probably still haunted by his assimilation. I mean, we saw that in family and in first contact, but something like that doesn't ever leave you. That's got a serious scar. So anytime he has to deal with the Borg is going to bring up a lot of feelings. And then whatever this uh, kind of traumatic rescue mission was or whatever it was that, you know, like failed or something 20 years ago, whatever that is, I wonder if it's somehow connected and, yeah, like we just don't know at this point, and I'm really wondering, like, is he, like, how is he a broken man? Is he has he lost his way? I th- I think all kind of all evidence leads to maybe not broken, but beleaguered, you know, bewildered. I don't know, um, tired. I think tired maybe. <laughs> there, all Makes roads me think are of that scene in the cage. There. You know, you bet I'm tired. I'm sick of deciding who lives and who dies. That's the responsibility of a captain. And maybe that's maybe that's why he left, because like maybe a lot of people under his command died and maybe too maybe. many. And it could I could easily see that happening where, you know, Picard is used to losing people under his command. It doesn't make it easy. But when like say like because he's an admiral when he resigns, like admirals usually get fleets. So, right. so did he may, lose a fleet? Did he lose a fleet and somehow survive? And then can you imagine the massive amounts of survivor's guilt that would go with that? Now, oh, again, we're all theorizing, okay. On of top course. of everything else. Um, yeah, where is Counselor Troy? I hope he did years and years of therapy. Maybe he got on the Titan for a little while. And oh my gosh, we haven't even mentioned yet. Troy and Riker are going to be back. I mean, as of yesterday, apparently Frakes and Stewart were filming a scene together. Yes. How about that? Can can just think about just let's let's just like that just warms my sweet black and little heart. Let's just think. Let's just sit and think for a second. Let's enjoy the words that just came out of your mouth, (laughs) Pastor. I'm I'm dead serious here. I want you guys just take a quiet moment in your car. You know, while you're working out, while you're at work, whatever you're doing right now when you're listening to us, listen to the tone of my voice and think about these words. As of this recording. Yesterday, Jonathan Frakes and Patrick Stewart filmed a scene as Riker and Picard. Breathe it in, folks. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. That just happened. That we're, we're, we're speaking in a past tense world right here. That is not, that's not just going to happen. That's not, oh, that would be cool if that happened. That happened yesterday. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's it's absolutely. It gives me chills, man. We're right now. We're getting spoiled, and we need to treat it as such. And we, yeah, I'm so glad you took a moment to slow this down a little bit, just to freaking enjoy that moment. Because we we live in Twitter culture where everything is just so instantaneous. It's in our hands, you know, as fast as we can scroll. And damn it, no, this is this is fun. This is so much freaking fun. So we get to find out what has happened with the Rikers. Yes, I want to talk years about on. that. Well, like, Let's I talk about ta- that. Well, I want to talk about that because Riker uh, has, is, of course, an admiral by now. I mean... I mean, well, <laughs> he waited how many years to become the captain of his own ship? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's still the captain of the Titan for all we know. I hope, though, that he has moved on. Just come on, boy. You got it in you. I want him to be like a ridiculous a star i want him to be like a four star admiral like a four pip admiral whatever you call it i want him to be like top of the top because he waited so long to become a captain i want him to make up for lost time 
kind of like how I want Harry to make up for lost time. Right? <laughs> oh my God. And I feel like I want him to be a higher rank than Picard ever was. That would be kind of a cool little dichotomy. You know, yeah. An yeah, imbalance so I, of power. He outranks. So I, I have weird. authority over you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I want that to happen. I want that to say like in the past 20 years, because I don't, Riker is totally a lifer. I don't think he would ever leave Starfleet. No, no, no. He's going to be one of those people who works in Starfleet till he keels over. Absolutely. But what about Troy? What do you think she's doing then? If, if Riker's an admiral, does that mean they're at Starfleet Command? They, okay, so do we want Riker off of a ship? That does limit things because, Possibly. you know, like if Riker's off of a ship, then can he go, like, can he join them in their shenanigans? Is it harder to make a cameo? Because if he's a fleet admiral, which I, I want to say that's what he is. I want to say he's a fleet, a admiral. fleet admiral. Yeah, and yeah, maybe be- just for the mere fact that we maybe do need them moving wherever in space, that would be the way to do it. So if I feel, if he's truly a fleet admiral, like we saw in All Good Things, which of course I know All Good Things yeah, is yeah, an yeah, alternate yeah. reality, it's not going to happen, blah, 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 blah. Uh, if he truly is a fleet admiral in All Good Things, I, I do believe that Deanna would be with him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think they're divorced or anything like that. And honestly, I hope they have a brooding teenager that they've got to control. I, I actually, you know what? I didn't even think about children. I'm, I'd be fine with them not having children. Yeah. But all I want but them I to do would. is not be split up. That's, that's my only, <laughs> that is my, like, you could make him retire, a retired and become a botanist. That's fine. Whatever. As long as you don't break them up. Because right. I'm so Especially. sick and tired of that trope where when you, we have all these reboots, all these revivals, all these, like, long-awaited sequels coming out, and the people that we have shipped for decades and they finally get together at the end of the show and then we find out that they're separated divorced or they didn't get married or like right. you're like i am so freaking sick of the oh we're subverting expectations no you're subverting my enjoyment so go screw yourself <laughs> especially with as long as it took for Riker and troy to get together and finally tie the knot and yeah, no, I would love to see them raising some just real smart ass, you know, probably I want to say it's like Riker Jr. It, you know, just a real pain in the ass son, teenage son that they just they roll their eyes like, oh, my God, what have we done? Hey, if you want to add some drama to it. Yeah. What about this? Riker and Troy had a kid like right right when they got married they're just like hey we're not we're not spring chickens let's have a kid we got to get on this yeah we got to get on this if we want to have a family we got to do it right now and they have a child that child enters into the academy for obvious reasons and oh. what if he was on one of the ships that Picard lost <gasps> oh but wait that kid would have been like a baby then remember that was 20 years ago well, you you go into the academy when you're when you're 18 yeah but we're th- okay that's I th- what okay timeline wise i'm thinking oh okay you're the, right you're right the, you're right you're the right. accident or the rescue mission what have you yeah that happened shortly after nemesis there's no way unless you're their 100%. child was a baby an infant yeah. on the ship dying you're 100 percent right i completely i was only thinking about like that event happening like recently but you're 100 percent oh, right it happened no. a long time ago yeah i mean i just got the timeline screwed up in my head I was in what if mode, like we were like we we're writing the show. <laughs> well, that makes some sense. That's where we have been for a lot of the show lately. But no, it would be cool though if they have 
an 18 to 20 year old kid in the academy or going to the academy. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think I think that's that would be really interesting to see. Now, one thing that I do want to talk about that you did talk about a little bit beforehand, but with data, uh, if you you know we see we see his body, could he be before? It could be data. We're not quite sure. Let's say it's a dismantled body. Um, yeah. With that in mind, like the last shot we see of data with his face, we see Brent Spiner's face. If you zoom in on his collar, it looks like a first contact uniform so some people have theorized that it's actually a hologram like he's playing a poker game with a holographic data because he misses him so much you know what i hadn't even thought about him being a hologram i guess because we saw that clip where we see data's body parts coming out of that drawer i thought maybe just he'd been reassembled at that point or something oh that's that's interesting um but i could not help but notice also in that clip that the uh, the de-aging process that they put on <laughs> Brent Spiner's face, th- I think they went just a little too far because if you look at a still from the clip and then a still from Nemesis, he looks even younger than he does in Nemesis. Actually, I don't think they went far enough. Uh, what? And I'll, let me explain myself because like, I think what you said is is accurate. Like they they smoothed his face maybe a little bit too much, uh-huh. but. You, when you de-age someone, you can't just smooth the face. You have to change the shape of the face because That's regardless true. of how much you take care of yourself and which Brent Spiner clearly has, he has aged very well. Oh, yeah. Uh, you are a different person 20 years ago, 40 years ago. Your Certainly. face changes shape regardless of weight, regardless of how much you've w- lost or gained. It doesn't really matter. Well, I mean, it yeah, does matter, but life. you know what I'm saying? It's just life. I mean, like we recycle all of our ourselves every seven years and so your body is literally a different body every every seven years i know i'm simplifying that but his cheeks are specifically one on one side is is a different shape than what it used to be and so oh, when, wow okay i hadn't even noticed that much so i feel like hopefully they go back or like they're they're still working on it and just for the trailer they're like okay just smooth his face and we'll totally like trim him down later or something like that i'm hoping they go with that route if they don't yeah. whatever you know oh that's entirely possible where they just they had to do what they had to do to get the trailer out and then they're going to refine it a little later absolutely because the technology the exists like we've seen a lot of de-aging in the past five years it's totally oh, yeah. doable. You can you can make it possible, and uh, it would be really interesting to see a properly de-aged Brent Spiner because he is supposed to be an ageless being. Correct. Right. So that was one of the big reasons why Brent Spiner thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't play Data anymore. Way back when in the Nemesis days, which is why he wanted to get killed off because. He knows he's going to age. He's not going to look quite the same. But he didn't foresee technology being able to de-age his face the way that we can now yeah and i i remember even seeing him at a con like somebody recorded it and like somebody asked him like you ever going to do data again he just said no no more data no more data i'm done i'm done well clearly (laughs) cut to now and he's just like how could i not exactly but i love him for it i love him for it now one last thing and then we should probably wrap up the show the elephant in the room that everybody wants to know about that they're not going to tell us i don't think even before the show airs Beverly Crusher. <laughs> I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew you couldn't resist. I knew that you oh, would on. not be able to, to not bring it up. I'm not saying you shouldn't have. I just knew that you specifically, Charlene Schmidt, need to know. Well, I mean, all of the fans need to know. This is a very important thing regarding Picard. I mean, 
they've always had this kind of weird, complicated, maybe they will, maybe they won't relationship. And uh, you were talking about, you know, with Riker and Troy, but not wanting them to be split up or anything like that. Well, seeing as how we have not seen Beverly yet, it's very possible that maybe they did have a relationship. It didn't work. They never tried. Or maybe she really is around and they just, they want to save the best for last. My guess is that they kept it the way that it's always been. Just kind of whatever? They're friends, but they're really close. You know, like uh, they, they hug and kiss a little bit longer than they should when they say goodbye, those kind of things. <laughs> I think do that that's what they Do they still have do. breakfast? That's what we really need to know. I don't, I honestly don't know if we're going to see a lot of Beverly. Uh, regardless, um, I, I feel like maybe they're going to tone it down because with Picard being in such a funk and they, they send in seven of nine to kind of bring him out of his complacency. Cause like they have that scene where she goes to his chateau and um, says like, what the hell are you doing out here? Picard, you know, like in his vineyard, that's what she's talking about. That's my guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Why wouldn't Beverly be the one to tell him that every day that they have breakfast, why are you still here? You need to, you need to go back out into the this world. This is true. So then that begs the question, where is she and why? Yes, yes. And so I feel like... So help me, she better not be dead. Oh, God. Oh, man, they wouldn't... I'd rather them just not mention her than kill her off. I know. And then here's the other thing that I just thought about is we don't have to see a special appearance by every single member of the cast. They've already said that this is going to go beyond one season. Yes. So... There's room for LeVar Burton to make a cameo. There's room for Michael Dorn. There is room for Gates McFadden. They don't have to put everybody in the mix this one time because it's not that finite. No, and also on top of that, I don't think we need a cameo from everybody. It's okay. Not necessarily. Only if the story really lends itself to making that happen in a non-corny way. Exactly, because that's the thing is that like we don't... I don't want it to be corny. I don't want it to be shoehorned. I'd rather not see someone than see someone shoehorned in. Correct. Yeah. I, I I think by and large, as fans, we feel that way. Of course, we would love to see them on screen again, but there'd better be a darn good reason. It's so funny because the way that people look, the way that the actors look today is way better than how they thought they were going to look in all good things. <laughs> right. I'm specifically thinking of Riker. Oh my Jonathan gosh. Frakes, right. he's sporting the gray a little bit, but I think he looks better in our present day than they did in 1994 with the makeup. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, um, uh, that's our show, folks. I mean, we had no idea that we were going to be taking up the entire episode with uh, just the Star Trek Picard trailer. That's just what happened. That's what happened. We'll get to the topic next week. Uh, we're not going to tell you what it is, even though we teased it on Twitter. Uh, yeah, you can figure it out. Well, you can figure out what we're going to talk about. But it's one further thing is that it's a what-if scenario regarding what we were teasing. So thank you very much for listening. Please go to thenerdparty.com for all of our other shows on the network. We've got something for everybody. We've got We've got Babylon 5, we've got Doctor Who, we've got Star Wars, we've got other Star Trek shows, we got movie podcasts, we got, it's really great stuff coming to you every single day of the week. And if you could take the time, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. If you give us a five-star review, we'll mention you on the show. And as always, uh, email us. 
let us know what you want us to talk about. We get we get tons of emails from you guys, but we want tons more. So go to the nerdparty.com slash contact. <laughs> You're making it hard for us to keep up, guys. We appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. And also you can find us on social. You can find uh, the show on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find me uh, personally on Twitter at the Insane Robin. You can find me at Oh the Profanity. Now next week... We are not going to be talking about the Star Trek Picard trailer, but we will be talking about what we were going to talk about today. And <laughs> it is a what-if scenario involving Year of Hell. So whatever, whatever direction we go with that, we're going to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. <laughs>